There is a podcast about an island in the North Atlantic where people have been looking for an incredible treasure for more than 200 years. Hello and welcome back to Could It Be? An Oak Island podcast. We are your hosts, Deidre and Dustin White. Hey, hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm pretty fantastic. Oh my gosh, we have a huge show today because yes. we have a very, very special guest. We do. If you're watching live, you see him. Yes. We have Mr. Maddie Blake, the host of Drilling Down. Hey, Maddie, how's it going? Hey, guys, thanks for having me. This is uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for today. Uh, you have a lot of experience being on the island, working mm-hmm. with the guys. Um, you know, you have pretty you much have, our dream. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you, you have our dream. You know, all the fans. Uh, I think at home we call you the master acorn. You yep. know, you're like you're the guy. You know, so um, we just appreciate you taking some time to chat with mm-hmm. us, to chat with the people in the chat, and to answer some questions about Oak Island and uh, and other things. Of course. Yeah, that's really sweet. You know, I was christened. Um, the head acorn by Rick and Marty, and I've 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 said it. It's more important to me than if I was knighted by a queen somewhere. Um, <laughs> and I've tried to get my wife to call me Sir Maddie, but she won't. So, <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> hey, I could do that, Sir Maddie. I mean, that's, that's our <laughs> stepping in. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just, hey, somebody's got to do it. He's the head acorn. Hey, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, so that's cool. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really funny. That's really great. So um, first off, I just want to ask you, hey, how are things going in New England? You live up in uh, the Northeast, right? I do. I'm in coastal Rhode Island. Um, I'm blessed enough to live on the water. I'm looking at it right now. I, I It looks a little like I live on something uh, called the Palmer River, which flows into Narragansett Bay. And it reminds me a little bit of, you know, Mahone Bay. Just it's like a mini version of it. So I'm often... Uh, looking out and thinking about Oak Island, but uh, we're lucky here. We're blessed. Rhode Island is doing well. My son is doing online school and it's like, he hasn't skipped a beat. He, you know, he's up there all, you know, till one o'clock every day. So um, we, uh, he's in high school. And so we're all healthy. God bless us. And uh, everyone's doing okay. How about you guys? Um, we're fine. I mean, we're, we're hanging in there. Our kids sure. are a bit younger. So yeah, we, uh, we live in Washington <laughs> state and, yep. um, this is kind of where that uh, kind of the pandemic first started. So it was kind of scary here at first, yeah. but uh, things seem to be getting back on track. You know, we wish our kids were at like school, school, but you know, whatever it's, it is, it is what it is. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I get it. I get it. Yeah. All right on. So hey, in the, in the uh, new England area, uh, this is something that's a little bit, uh, you know, it's not Oak Island yet, but um, <laughs> there's a bunch of these armchair treasure hunts. You know what armchair treasure hunt is? I've, I haven't heard that term. No. Ooh. Ooh, so like <laughs> this is something we're really into. So it's a problem. Yeah, there's a um, what's called an armchair treasure hunt is like a treasure hunt that's made by somebody. It's not mm-hmm. like a lost legendary treasure or something. Gotcha. It, yes, yes. Yeah, it's made by somebody. They hide something. They give a. They put out a book or they put out clues or something for you to go and try to find it. You do most of the work at home mm-hmm. in your armchair, and then you go home or then you go out onto the into the field and try to find something. Right. And so in Boston, you know, there's a few of them out there. So um, I was going to just state that, hey, maybe you should look into some of them because they're fun and you can win cool prizes. And it's just it's a fun family activity. So yeah. uh, we interviewed for our other podcast. We have a armcast, uh, armcast, an armcast. No, we have a podcast called Boots and Armchairs, a treasure hunters podcast. Uh. 
And we had an interview with um, an author named Sandra Miller, mm-hmm. and she has a book called Trove. And there's a treasure hidden somewhere in the in the New England area. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, nobody's won it yet. And then there's also an upcoming treasure hunt called Gallows Harbor, mm. and that's like a million dollar treasure hunt. So wow, you know, I, 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 I know. we're we're looking into some of those for Beyond Oak Island, the the new mm-hmm. show coming up yeah. i had i hadn't i had never heard that phrase so thank you for that we i didn't or at least i didn't notice they were called that but we are looking into some treasure hunts that were created by people um and a couple of the famous ones i'm sure you guys know all about we're going to be looking at those um and oh yeah we'll yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. Really, yeah we were going to talk to you about uh beyond oak island maybe we can do that now yeah. uh, i don't know what yeah. you can say about it because we know that you're a big part of it and uh we're really looking forward to it like like we were kind of bummed when it got pushed but we understand why it was pushed Mm -hmm. and uh but that doesn't mean we're not looking forward to it (laughs) right yeah so was i i mean we we were you know in pre-production and and ready to rock and then you know this hit so we're all just kind of sitting on our hands right now but i can tell you it's funny we're doing this today like literally the last 48 hours we have been um kind of all systems go so um, there's a plan in place. It's going to happen. Um, and we're just like right now, all day today, I was doing research and, and we're on pre-production calls and like it's it's on. It's And so we're wicked excited to do it. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be good. I can't yeah. wait. Yeah. yeah, we're we're so stoked for it. You know, we we love anything. We love Oak Island, but we love yeah. all this other treasure stuff. And to see you and Marty and Rick go in and dive into some of these other legends and treasure yeah. hunts. Oh, my gosh. It's right up our alley. <laughs> Oh yeah, we're stoked. <laughs> I sent a lot of the, our listeners. I know I've gotten into them. So, yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. So, like, actually, after we're done with this today, I'm going to do another live stream later on uh, that's dedicated to a, one of these armchair treasure hunts. Something that's been hidden for since 19, uh, the early 1980s. So it's like been a long time. Well, this then Beyond Oak Island is literally like you are the then you, this show is designed for you. <laughs> you know, like for the normal layperson who likes a mystery and likes a treasure, it's going to be great and interesting. But for someone like you, I mean, this is like the Jordan documentary for a sports fan. Like you are <laughs> yeah. going to be, you're going to love this show. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun to watch too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <That> too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, this is going to be great. I'm excited about uh, beyond Oak Island. I think it's going to be a huge hit. You know, anything, I think that uh, anything that is connected to Rick and Marty is going to be gold for the uh, history <laughs> channel. So we're all down for it. And it's, it's going to be huge. I think so. Awesome. All right. Uh, well, so in addition to that, we have drilling down naturally mm-hmm. and we are just kind of curious, like, what do you do to prepare for stuff like this and how did you get involved with it? So I got involved uh, because I had worked, it's a little bit of a boring kind of showbiz story, but I had worked with this producer named Jeff uh, on other things for years. We were good friends. He was asked to work on, uh, what was going to become drilling down. He couldn't do it. But the producers from history said to him, we're looking for a host who's into mysteries and maybe some strange mm-hmm. stuff who has that kind of, and he's like, oh my God, Maddie. And, and he <laughs> told them about me. And I had actually worked with a couple of those producers too. And they're like, oh yeah. Like he was always talking about <laughs> UFOs and Bigfoot and mysteries. Like I'm just into that stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, I always have been since I was a kid. So it was a natural fit. You know, and I, I had read about Oak Island as a kid. I had a book, I think it was called 101 Mysteries. I forget the author's name, but I remember there was like a picture of Oak Island in one of the chapters. 
and my mother bought me Treasure Island, the book, which I have on the bookshelf behind me, the actual, in 1980, I think she bought it for me. Um, and she signed the inside cover. So it, I was always into this type of stuff. So when the opportunity came, I just auditioned like a normal, like a normal, you know, actor host guy. They had some big names up for it, actually. So I, did, I was kind of dubious as to my chances. But I had this feeling inside. Um, and, and this never happens in the business where it, if it does happen, you try to squash it. And that is, I'm going to get this. Like, I just had a feeling and I kept trying to squash it because you're just setting yourself for, up for disappointment. I had learned over the years, you know, but I just felt a little bit of destiny. And I just, it just, from day one, it clicked with them and it clicked with me. And it was like, I was the right guy. And yes, they could have had a bigger name who might have, you know, brought them a celebrity uh, Instagram following or whatever. But um, I was, I was the right guy, I think. Yeah, well, we think you're the right guy too. Exactly. You, you, you bring in enthusiasm and like a kid-like wonder sometimes to the island and it's infectious, right? Yes. And we love watching it and we love experiencing it and we love seeing some of the stuff through your eyes. So we appreciate Thank what you do out there. Thank you so much. That, that means a lot to me. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really interesting because to us, it is kind of about the story and the journey along the way, mm -hmm. right? And you've really had this opportunity to talk to different, I mean, to everybody, right? So kind of what's your favorite part of that? <laughs> to be honest, it's, it's that my favorite part, if I'm being honest, is, is all, it's all the personal non on air stuff. It's the, mm -hmm. it's the relationships I've had with the Laginas, the personal relationship, the personal relationship with the producers of, at Prometheus. I've become close personal friends with, you know, a good number of those guys. Cause you're kind of embedded. It's almost like, it's almost like a little military operation in a way, you know, cause it's, it's like you're thrust into this thing. It's high pressure. You got to get it done. You're all, there's always obstacles every day, every hour, it seems like. And it's like, you got to get it done and you be, and you really bond over it. And um, so it's been, it's been over five years that I've been working with these people, which in, in my business is pretty rare. I mean, I was talking to Robert Clotworthy the other day. He's been doing Ancient Aliens for like 15 years or something or 15 seasons, which is like 11 years or something. And yeah. um, that's unheard of. It's, so it is. We're, that's my favorite part of it is like both cast and crew, behind the scenes and the guys you see on camera, um, the relationships I've formed with them and the feeling of accomplishment, like we got this thing to do, let's do it. And then we get it done and you're high five and you're like, yes, you go out for a beer at the local pub. It's just a great, it, that's my favorite part. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we can tell that you're, uh, we can tell that you just love every little bit of being part of the, of the, the fellowship, right? You know, you're part, you're part of their team because you don't, you may not be there every day, but when you come, you just like soak it all in. You get to show some stuff behind the scenes. You get to uh, bring people to the island in a different way than just like, you know, the regular show is, uh, you know, presents it. Mm -hmm. So right. it's just really cool to see it through, like I said, like through your eyes. Thank you. Well said. I mean, I, it's funny as a host, you're, you're often, you're often encouraged to kind of, uh, squash that a little bit, you know, be a, be a presenter, be a professional. And if you have some, if you tend to be enthusiastic or excited about a topic, you're usually trying, usually with rare exception, maybe sports and things like that, but you're, you're, you're constantly trying to just do it. And I've, I've had conversations with the guys at Prometheus and they're just like, no man, go for it. You're a fan. You're the headache going like, don't squash it. So everything you see is real. If I get excited, if I get mad, if I get frustrated, if I get overly believing in an idea or something and Marty has to go, well, hold on, Maddie, slow down. Like that's all real. Um, yeah. So it's fun. 
Well, it's, it's fun for us, too. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, just plucking an acorn and putting them on the island. We get to live vicariously through you. Amen. And it's magical on our end. Like, I think everybody just really loves drilling down. You know, it's just an extension of the show. And we love the show already. Mm -hmm. right? So it's just like, it's natural. And you're, we think you're a great host. And we think you do a great uh, job. So that's, you know, that's, that's that. That's that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. So um, uh, let's see here. So what kind of things did you work on before you uh, were, you know, regularly drilling down on Oak Island? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was the definition of like a working actor. I did, you know, I did well over uh, two dozen national network commercials. You saw me, I guarantee if you watch any TV between like 2002 and say 2014 or 15, you saw me, I had national commercials running, you know, with all humility, I, I had a lot of spots running and yeah. I did quite well in that. I, had, I did voiceovers. I did a lot of hosting too. I had my own show on this uh, network that was an upstart network. I, I hosted stuff for NBC Sports, uh, for the Golf Channel, on and on and on. So I was like just – I wasn't famous, but I, I made a good living and supported my family uh, on camera, which is why when, when Oak Island came along, I had the chops. I had done the 10,000 hours. It was not It was not a, you know um, – you know, oh my God, what do I do? The camera's on me. Like I knew I had years and years of experience, which, which served me well, you know, because there was a lot of pressure at first. I was nervous. You know, I, I was coming into something that was already a giant, you know, it was second yeah. season going into the third season, the show was number one. Um, so I'm glad I had those reps as, as we say. Yeah. And it's yeah. still, it's still uh, number one, you know, and yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like, you know, your uh, your presence on the drilling down after show or, you know, sometimes their pre-shows mm -hmm. uh, isn't driving people away. I think you're, you know, retaining um, just the spirit of the show so that, uh, I don't know, everybody just uh, really enjoys. The, but it's, but it's well, some... it's like the behind the scenes. I, I've always yeah. said my favorite episode actually was the one um what was it secret weapons or yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, getting so to know everybody yeah. behind the scenes that like so i love that was so good that yeah. and i think it was a real favorite of many people do you have a favorite um I, that's a great question. I, I loved our tribute to Dan Blankenship. Mm -hmm. Um it was done with in it's funny I got the call like the I he died on St. Patrick's Day. I think I got a call that night or early the next morning. It was right after he passed. We were on a flight within, you know, 48 hours and we were at his funeral and, and we did those, we did that special so fast. That was another great example of like the military thing I was talking about, like a team coming together. Like we were mourning him, but we got together and did the special. And it was so good. And at the end of it, Dave came and sat with me. Uh, in the um, interpretive center, if you remember that special, we're just on two directors' mm -hmm. chairs. They lowered the lights and they were like, go ahead, Maddie, get what you can get. And I was just like, the entire time a lump in my throat this big, you know, but it came out so beautiful and such a good tribute to him. I was like, that's pretty damn good. That should win an Emmy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that one, I love the paranormal special because I love that stuff. Yeah. And I know some people don't believe in that stuff, but I always say, you know, um, you truly can't, tell the entire Oak Island story unless you include that stuff. Because I mean, the name of the show is the curse of Oak Island. So right there, it's, it's based on a, on a unknowable thing. Um, and, and the people, the important part is historically, 
the people who have been on that island report these things and they continue to. So I love that one because I just thought it was a, a lot of fun and spooky and all that fun stuff. So those those two st- kind of stick out to me. Yeah, the um, the Dan Blankenship one was you know really touching. Yeah, and it was something important because. Every, there's a big online community that chats about Oak Island stuff all day long. Um, yep. you know, and, uh, you know, everybody was kind of devastated obviously at, at his passing, but, uh, seeing the team, you know, put together that, you know, in quick order, uh, having something broadcast to kind of, you know, help people get through that moment. Cause everybody, everybody loved Dan, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. we all love Dan Blankenship. We don't, um, you know, we only get to li- see him through the lens, mm-hmm. but, uh, we all felt really deeply um, connected in a weird way with Dan Blankenship and the work in time he's put on to uh, this amazing treasure hunt, right? Exactly. And so, um, yeah, that was a, just a beautiful episode. Um, now going on to, like you just mentioned, the uh, paranormal one. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Bigfoot. I love aliens. <laughs> I love, I love, like you and I would probably be good friends because I could talk to <laughs> you about that all the time. Um, it's fun. Yeah. High five, right? No. <laughs> oh, she doesn't like it. She doesn't like it. Ghosts are a little bit harder for me to um, wrap your head around. Yeah. Like sure. if I saw one, I could be more into it myself. Like I wouldn't say no, but you know, it's just, yeah. it's hard for me to like, but I can't discount anybody's eyewitnesses. Like when we heard Dan Hensky's story, mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty powerful stuff. And yeah. you got to take notice because I look at Dan Hensky on the show and I'm like, why would he lie? You know, why would yeah, he make yeah. it? He won't, he wouldn't. So you got to like say, Hey, something crazy weird happened to Dan. Something Hensky, happened. Right? So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I often say about Oak Island, like there's some, there's some kind of, uh, how do I say it? Like it's a unique place and it puts off a tangible energy. It just affects people. And it, by the way, it affects people and machines. It affects equipment all the time. So, if you're the non-spiritual sort, you can say, oh, it's electromagnetic magnetic hotspot, or there's geographical or geological anomalies that can explain all this. But as I always say, it's not nothing. <laughs> you know, you can explain it away with your with whatever science you may believe in or whatever, but it's not nothing. And, and it affects people. It's affected me. You can feel like you're being watched. Um, I had a really, my first experience on the island, I don't know if I've told the story probably, but my very first time on the island, we were not supposed to be there on the day we were there, as often happens in television. Schedule changes five times. We end up, we weren't even supposed to be, not only were we not supposed to be on the island that day, we weren't supposed to be shooting where we were shooting. That even changed at the last second. We get to where we're shooting. It's my first ever thing I ever did on Oak Island. And we're trying to take pictures and three of our phones aren't working. We're like, what? my camera's just frozen. What is going on? You know? Mm-hmm. And we, I, I, I was looking at the Restall um, Memorial and I said, what day is it today? And someone said, I think it's, it's, and they said the date and we went, oh my God, it's 50 years to the day that of the Restall tragedy wow. and our phones all started working. <laughs> like it was like once we vocally addressed it, everything clicked in and started working electronically. And we were all just like, okay, hello, <laughs> ref dolls. Hi, you know, Oak Island, give me a little hello, you know? And um, I could tell you 15 of those type of things. So it's, it's a special place, you know? And I just think it's, again, whether you believe in it or not, it's, it's, it's part of its history. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, whenever we have a technical problem on the podcast, <laughs> I just blame it on the island. So. <laughs> yeah. It's good. It's a good policy to have there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'll try that with my wife when she's mad at me. It's the island, honey. It, it's the <laughs> island. It just it won't leave me alone. I'm sorry. It happens. That's fine. Um, so a little bit of a different subject. I'm going to take you even further back than working in your um, your uh, commercial days and whatnot. Uh, so like, how about like when you're in like high school and stuff, do you have any like regular jobs or anything? I worked at a golf course, but I hated golf. Mm. Uh, I didn't, I, I fell in love with golf in my like thirties when my basketball career was over. Mm. Um, I, I, yeah, so I just worked a public golf course. I plastered pools, you know, um, just a regular working life, you know, and I actually wanted to be a police officer. I didn't, I never thought of acting or, or comedy or any of that. I didn't go to drama school. I, I, I loved it. I was a fan of it, but I never, I was dumb. I never made the, um, leap of like, Oh, I could do that. I just mm -hmm. never, I do. I, I wish someone had, had said to me like, Oh my gosh, Maddie, you're, you should be in an art school or you should be doing plays or something. I, I try to achieve everything through sports. It's all I knew everyone around me was doing that. And it was just what I grew up with. And acting and performing is something that Hollywood people did, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I never planned on this. I honestly didn't. Um, it all started like after college. I didn't even start any of this till after college. So I think I did like a senior class sketch one time, which, you know, everyone kind of did. Um, but other than that, no, it wasn't even on my radar. Mm -hmm. I just had a natural aptitude towards it. And once I did do it, I, it kind of went really fast. Yeah. That's cool. So then what would you tell someone that is maybe in a similar situation that you were, you know, thinking about it, maybe would enjoy it, but never took classes? What would you tell them? I had a really kind of famous person in the business tell me one time, uh, please don't take acting classes. <laughs> don't, take, don't, don't go to drama school. Uh, I shouldn't say don't take acting classes. What he said was don't go to drama school because you can always improve your craft, but mm -hmm. It's kind of like, I think Robert Mitchum or someone said, trying to teach someone to act is like trying to teach someone to be tall. <laughs> you can refine it, you know, but you either got it or you don't to a certain extent. So mm -hmm. what I would say to them is, um, it's kind of, again, to quote someone else, Bruce Lee said, no way as way. For as many people that are in the industry, there are, there are as many stories of how they got there. Mm -hmm. um, yes, you can do the drama school path and you will have an advantage coming out of drama school. You just will. That's how it is. You can go to performing arts school. That is all great. But if you haven't and you're like me and you're just like a working stiff from a blue collar family, uh, middle class family, you can do it too. A hundred percent. There is no, when you get in the door to the audition, there might be a three second period where the, where the person who's casting the part looks at your thing and goes, ooh, they went to Emerson or they went to Juilliard. That is gone the second you start performing. All they want to know is, is this the character? Is this the host? Is this the voice? Is this the face? That's all they care about. So if you got it, do it. Don't worry about what your background is. Yeah, it's probably kind of hard to teach charisma. Yeah. You know? I, I, I would think so. I would yeah. think so. Yeah. Well, you got charisma, so you got to get that going oh. for you. <laughs> I think it's, just, you know what I, I, I think it's honestly, um, I, I wouldn't even call it charisma because I don't know what it is. I wouldn't, I would never quantify that because I'll sound like a jerk, but it, I, I do, I do have a really big enthusiasm for life and I have a great curiosity for people and great stories. So that is all, I have earnestness. I'm an earnest person. I'm not a, 
stand against the wall and listen to people. I, I want to be in there. I want to hear about you. I want, I'm a hugger. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think that all, I think that all comes out on camera. For sure. Yeah. It's easy to tell you're a hugger. Like, <laughs> <laughs> look at that guy he's a hugger this has been very hard on me the social distance thing has been very hard on me oh i see my buddies i'm like get over here oh i can't (laughs) it's almost it's almost hard to even do the elbow bump you know that we had almost adopted that you know yeah it's kind of a bump hey so um uh, I have uh, one of our listeners named Julianne. Uh, she yeah. had said that um, she misses you on WAAF. And oh. um, uh, she says that, uh, you know, she was a fan forever. Um, and uh, I'm, I just want to ask, so how is, because you you've done radio. Yeah. You've done, you're doing, a, you have a podcast, mm-hmm. right? I so, yes. um, and you're in front of the camera, which, how, how are they kind of similar? How are they different? What Do you have a favorite? Between between what you froze just a little bit. I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. Radio podcasting and be in front of the camera. Oh, uh, radio um, was one of those things that I, I I do love it. It is it is fun, but I, I um, it came to, it kind of came to me. It was another one of those things that kind of came to me as an opportunity to just have fun and and you know if someone offers you a job <laughs> with your name on the show, you kind of go all right, you know, um, but. I don't think that is probably my true passion or true calling just because of the way direction my career has gone. You know, I would just look at the evidence. So I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing or not supposed to be doing, but I can tell you that my career has kind of drifted away from that, especially recently. That was a two-year contract we had. We actually had a one-year contract. They re-signed us for a second one. They didn't re-sign us for a third. And then the station, we were kind of like, what's the deal? We're doing, we thought we were doing awesome. Um, and then the station switched formats and became a Christian, a Christian uh, station. So from a rock station to a Christian station. So that was kind of the end of my radio career. For now, you never know what's around the corner. But if I had to pick one, definitely um, what I'm doing now with Oak, that type of thing is like, if I can keep that train rolling, that's the train I want to be on. But who knows? Yeah. Well, we've also heard you on, you know, your podcast, Monsterland, right? <laughs> yes. That's that's fun. I that see like that's right up my alley. Deidre, well, not the so last much. episode was fabulous. Yeah, Deidre listened to the Robert Clotworthy interview. Oh, it was great. Yeah. Oh, it was so fun. I listened to it too. It was it was wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't believe he and I had never. You know, it's just so silly. I've been to LA a bunch, and I, of course, like I said, I'm closer, but it just never happened. You know, and I was like, what is? It just hit me one day. I'm like, how have we not talked, Robert? You know, right. so for any for an extended period. So um, it was it was awesome. It was he's a great guy. Yeah. So sometimes, a lot of times, well, every episode we get Robert Clotworthy doing the narration, and then on your episodes, you, you do a lot of the narration. So you guys are both the voices of Oak Island. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, I have a I have a home studio just like him downstairs and um, just bang them out when they need me. And I'm always ready. And there's always like little fixes and stuff to do. And that was a big part of my career in the New York City years. You know, from when I went there in 02 from Boston, I left uh, in in uh, 2014 or 15. Um, those years uh, was voiceover was a huge part of what I did. It was a huge it was it was my day job. If I had a day job in between on camera things. It was absolutely voiceover. Cool. That's killer. Yeah. So um, before we move on, mm-hmm. like, uh, I, you know, I, I still wanted to touch more on the monster cast. Yeah, go you ahead. Know, the monster Sorry, stuff. I didn't change Sure. Because I love Bigfoot. 
Yes. I love, you know, and your uh, your co-host is on the expedition Bigfoot. You know, so correct. Pretty sweet stuff. You know, that's some uh, that's some good cred with you. You know, your Oak you Island and Bigfoot. Well, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I can't help. This <laughs> is cool. Yeah, that was a unique opportunity. Um, so yeah, he's got a real lot of you know street cred in that world, and I've got my street cred on my side, and we kind of come together and we talk about all things that aren't easily explained. And we try to be, you know, we're both believers. We don't, we don't make any bones about it. I don't even, you know, I'm an experiencer. That's I think an important distinction to make because believer connotes, Oh gosh, I believe in this thing. Like I've experienced these things and I can't always tell you exactly what it is. You know, in other words, I wouldn't claim to say, well, like Ronnie and I, my co-host had this really powerful experience in the woods of Ohio. Um, while going out looking for it, trying to provoke or get some sort of Sasquatch activity. And we had a really strange, powerful light experience deep in the forest that I can't explain. Um, but I can tell you it happened to me. So, you know, where do you put that? And I saw I had a full body apparition in my 20s where, and I know this is hard for you to believe, but it was for me too. But I, I, I saw a, a ghost, a full body apparition um, that I had been told about in this home I worked at by other staff. And I laughed at them. I was like, and then, but every once in a while, someone would tell me about it. Someone who was very credible to me. And I would go, come on, really? You too? You've seen the boy, you've seen the ghost boy. Come on. You know? And they'd be like, I'm just telling you, it was standing right there. I was in the kitchen and I don't know what to tell you. And I was like, all right, whatever. And then one night it was my turn and it, and it, and it, it fundamentally changed how I thought about that stuff. And and you look at the UFO thing that's happening now with the government mm -hmm. disclosing UFOs. I have a list of friends as long as my arms and I have long arms that have ridiculed <laughs> me for years about the UFO things. They just made fun of me and ridiculed me. And now they're texting me going, hey, and they see the government saying, yes, these things, we don't know what they are, but they're up in the sky. We, the, your own government confirming that. Mm -hmm. They're now texting me going, hey, what's the deal? I'm like, I'm not telling you. Because I tried to tell you for twenty years, do research yeah. it yourself, you know. So I think people's people's paradigms are starting to open up a little bit and shift a little bit, and not, you know, not be so fast to laugh. And one last thing I'd say about Bigfoot in terms of credibility is, I always tell people, well, be careful when when you dismiss Bigfoot in a certain way, because culturally, you're mm -hmm. kind of slapping years and years and years of native american tradition in the face yeah. um they don't believe in these things they know these things exist to themselves in their own hearts and minds um they have experiences going back with these forest people as bob gimlin says um forest people for generations so i'm always like reticent to kind of do wacky bigfoot jokes because of out of respect for them you know what i mean it's like man they really that's really a part of their culture yeah. so Makes sense. The podcast, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's awesome. I, uh, you know, I was going to leave this for later in the podcast, but since we're here, I'm going to talk a, bit, a little bit more about this <laughs> stuff. All right, um, yeah. So, uh, what I want to know is, is there any of the uh, cryptids that you're you don't ha you have a hard time believing in? And actually, before you answer that, I just I, I so I don't forget um, where you saw your apparition. I want to yeah. go there because I want to have that experience because <laughs> I, yeah. I I could. Like, but yeah. I have to see it, you know, I, I just, yeah. it's hard for me to like accept it without seeing it. You know, I'm just mm -hmm. a person, you know, that just a normal person, but if I did see it, I would definitely accept it. You know, yeah. that's the kind of person. Yeah. I well, I mean, people like you are good because 
the most credible witness is someone who isn't just blindly believing in things, you know, the most credible witness has lived on both sides of that, of that bridge, so to speak, you know, um, they become the really powerful ones when you hear them say like, look, I didn't know about any of this stuff. And then I can just tell you what happened to me. The ones who maybe had a predisposition to believe like me probably aren't as credible. You know, I believed in this stuff since I was little, but, but it, mm-hmm. it wasn't just a belief again. Like I grew up in an environment where like my grandmother um, in this little kitchen, a half hour outside of Boston used to talk about the ghost she had in her kitchen. She named it Bridget and <laughs> it would do things. It would, and she would tell me stories about her mother in Ireland, being able to have predictive dreams. And so, and then even the, my faith, I was a Catholic, you know, typical cliche Irish Catholic, you're talking about a, a faith of miracles and saints and ghosts and people appearing and people disappearing. And so <clears throat> I grew up in that environment. So I was predisposed probably to believe so if I have an experience, someone could a critic could easily say, "Well, you know, look, look at him. He's been talking about ghosts since he was uh, since he can consciously remember." But yeah. if someone like you has an experience, like your wife, if you had an experience, yeah, and you came on this podcast and you went, "Hey, I didn't believe any of this guy. I'm just telling you what I saw." That is very powerful. Yeah, um, yeah. So I would say it's fine that you need to see it. It's fine. It's good. Mm-hmm. Um, cryptids that I have trouble with, you know. Um, like Loch Ness monster. Loch Ness, there's a, there's some, there's some little Nessie. I, I, it, again, it's hard to fully dismiss that. Um, Lake Champlain might have more evidence than than Nessie. You know, um, there are weird things in, in the deep waters that we don't know. Um, I'm trying to think. I know there's a couple that if you named, I would say, yeah, that one I have trouble with. Uh, Mothman, scare. Mothman is scary. Um, Again, some credible witnesses on that one. Um, I guess maybe the the gnomes and things like that get a little might be a little hard for me to digest. You know, kind of like those scary uh, the puck puck wedgies and the Bridgewater Triangle things like that. Like little Ooh, that terrifying. <laughs> yeah, they are. But I, that, those are a little harder to believe, maybe. Um, okay. Well, I just have one more question about this, and we'll move on to some more Oak Island <laughs> stuff because I know she's she's like I'm fine. Okay. I'm fine. Okay. So one more question is if there was a cryptid zoo. Um, what would be the first exhibit you'd rush in to visit? Like they're all on display, like they're all real, they're all in this place. What I would mean, you rush to first? To- what would you hug first? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's like Bigfoot is Elvis. You know what I mean? Like he's the king. He's the king. And the fact that we have footage that's yet to be disproven. I mean, it, it, it's big. It, it begins and ends with Bigfoot. I think. You know what I mean? Like if you can prove that Bigfoot exists, man everything else just falls into line. So it would, it would be the North American Sasquatch, not, you know, not the Yeti. I don't care about the Yeti. I don't care about skunk ape. I want the good old North good American old. Patty. Yeah. The, 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 you know, where you guys live. I, I want him right where you I live. Say you, you need to come see us. Yeah. You want know, right? That is Squatch country. Definitely. There, yeah. There's actually laws against killing him here. So there you go. I love that law. Yep. Skamania <laughs> County. You can't do it. Yep. I love it. Good. Yep. Um, yeah, like Harry and Henderson's was my favorite growing up. I just, you know, I just, I that's when I attached myself to Bigfoot. I was like, yeah, it's a real, it's got to be real. I, I, I blindly believe in Bigfoot, so, but I haven't Good. seen one, and um, I would love to. I'd love to speak to some loggers up where mm-hmm. you live. Do you know any loggers or people who work in the forest? If you talk to ten of them, I guarantee you, three of them have had some sort of thing or something. Yeah. Cool. Hmm. I look forward to uh, having that to, conversation uh, one day. Network with some loggers, I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
All right. So um, back to drilling down a little bit. Uh, Deidre and I, what we call drilling down. To call, everybody. Yeah, this and... is like when we when we have our podcast, we're like, okay, so we have a, we had a drilling down this week, and then we but we don't call that. We say a Maddie Blake special. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> those are our, those are the Maddie Blake specials. Thank yeah, you. Uh, it can get confusing between drilling down and digging deep. And we're like, I are know. we drilling? So it's a Maddie Blake special. So yeah. I hope you're okay with that. Yeah, I, I get confused. I'm like, what is this one they're calling now? <laughs> yeah, it does. The, you know, and then there's, and then I think there's digging deeper, right? And yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're digging. We're drilling. We're, we're Maddie Blake specialing is yeah. how we do it. Yeah, we just call it the Maddie Blake special. Nice and easy. <laughs> you know, that people works. know what we're talking about. All right. All right. So, um, you want to take the next question? All right here, I'll take the next question. Uh, when you get to go to Oak Island for your specials, how long are you usually in Nova Scotia for them? Yeah, it really depends. Like, um, I've gone super quick. Like, you know, I think Dan's special, you know, three, four days. Uh, sometimes I've been, I've been there for two weeks. I've been there for, you know, eight days. I've been there for, I don't know, 20 days, you know. So it really depends on what we're doing doing and what we have to do um because it's changed every season like we haven't done the same thing every season we've done different number of specials different types of specials like this year we did four two-hour specials that ran before the season mm-hmm. those are awesome by the way those are I, really yeah, cool. I love those like uh, compiling those was a was a lot of work but it was like we were almost done as far as we're concerned by the time the season started you know and everyone's like where's maddie where's that like well i did four two two hours i did the same amount of specials when you added up it just we front loaded them that year and then we did a a season premiere and a season finale yeah um so it all kind of equaled out i think oh we did we did the we did a couple more specials that were just kind of thrown at us we did the nolan blankenship feud which was kind of a last minute thing which was great so it depends is the answer, you know, basically think like a week and a half, seven to nine to 10 days, something like that. It's gotta be a magical week. Oh, it's the best. They're the best. I go like, you know, four or five times, whatever, six to, it's just like, I, I, I'm just waiting for the five weeks to go by, whatever it is to get there again. Yeah, I, I bet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, well, uh, Deidre checks off her list to try to get to the next. Sorry, question. Type A personality. Yeah, okay. oh, I'm a checklist. I'm, I'm going to say real quick. Like Deidre and I, we were supposed to be on Oak Island just uh, what, two weeks ago. Like <sighs> uh, our tour was canceled because we had a tour. Yes. We just had, you know, all, yeah. the, all the tours are canceled. Yeah, it's just a real bummer because we've never been there, <sighs> and we're so looking forward to it. Yeah, but well, it's okay. Yeah. Things happen. Well, yeah, yeah like COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah. June and July are canceled, right? That's the last yep. I heard. Yeah, oh, I'm so sorry for everyone that that happened to. Yeah, we're gonna keep our eyes open. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe uh, something come available later in the year. You know, things. I think uh, the website that sells the tickets and stuff. Things add and drop all the time. So, yeah, you know, we can still make it happen. But yeah, we're envious of you because you get to go there pretty often. Yeah. I do. I do. I go a lot. It's great. There's there's signs of life, by the way. Um, you know things are coming back. Like I said, we're, we're working on the next special. And, um, so yeah, uh, I would be hopeful, optimistic yeah. and hopeful. Always, yeah. always. So when you do go, but what's your favorite part besides visiting Oak Island there in Nova Scotia in the area? Yeah. I love the people are also incredibly nice. Um, I love going into Chester Bay. 
um, beautiful, you know, um, spending time with the crew, meeting people, talking to people, talking to fans. Something that's happened, uh, which is great, is the first season, my first season drilling down, those specials only aired in America. Then they started showing them in Canada. So I've noticed a huge difference. If I asked people about Oak Island before they started airing in Canada, people were kind of like, why is this weirdo asking me about Oak Island? <laughs> now people know who I am, so I can. they want to talk to me about it. And I'm always trying to get the locals' impressions. You know, I'm always trying to – and there's always going to be somebody that says something to me. This has happened every time I've gone without fail. I speak to a local – we have a quick conversation or a long conversation. They say something. It goes in the back of my subconscious or my back of my limited brain. I sit down with Rick and Marty, and that comes up at some point, some way. Um, some little insight or some little thing that you'd only think of or know if you were local or grew up with it. And I always end up kind of like throwing that in the conversation. So those are like, those are like little pieces of treasure to me. I'm always, I love to talk to the locals. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That makes sense. Yeah, we we made friends with a lot of people that live around there. Yeah, you know, just through the podcast and being so interested ourselves. Yep. Um, one of our good friends that lives in Chester. Her name's Kim. Her and her, um, she has a friend named Jen, and they do a podcast together called Booze and Bourbon. It'd be right up your alley. I don't know if bourbon's like, up your alley, boo. but it's like boo, like ghost. <laughs> so oh. Like, yeah. So. Um, I don't know. You might oh, chat with her sometime. Is she here? Oh, you look, should have a chat with her. She's they're awesome. Yeah, they're awesome, and they're all about the booze, <laughs> and and not 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 b o o z e. Well, maybe they are. They're about maybe. both kinds of booze. The booze but, and the booze. Yeah, <laughs> I dig it. So you should, yeah, you should. Uh, she should probably reach out to you or something because uh, you'd probably be a great guest on her podcast. Seriously, um, her and sure, Jen. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's good stuff. Anytime. All right, it's great. Yeah. So. Um, How's working with uh, Prometheus and everyone on Oak Island change your life? Oh, it's a lot, right? Right. It's been, yeah, it's a, that's a, I'm, you, you know, that's kind of one of those, the, the answers in the question, it's been a complete life changer in every way, in every measurable way, personally, professionally. Um, like I said earlier, I've become friends with these people, like personal friends, cast and crew. Um, I love them like family. Uh, and, and yeah. Um, it's changed everything. It's changed everything. I mean, look, I'm doing this tonight. Like I've, I do a lot of these type of things. It's like uh, I do press, do media. Like I would just be, who knows what I'd be doing tonight if it wasn't for this. So it's like, it's kind of changed how I think, how I present what it is I do. You know, your my career has gone on different trajectories and I've always kind of ridden the horse in the direction the horse is riding. Um, but this is the first time where I've been able to be part of something where I can kind of take control of the reins a little bit and really be part of something and not just hope it works or hope it makes it or hope it airs. And all that. It's like, no, this thing's already exists. So um, it's been a, just an a unbelievable ride. It is, it's truly what every person who does what I do would dream of, you know, mm. this job. Definitely. Yeah. Well, it's something, it's not just something, it's something special too. And mm -hmm. uh, like we've said all the whole podcast and you add a lot to it and we can, um, you know, the question was like, how does it change your life? We can tell that, it, you know, it's obviously a big impact, but um, how about like your interactions with some of the guys on the team? How, you know, what does that all meant to you? We love us a good story. Yeah, we like, do you have any stories about with hanging out with the guys on the team? Like uh, I, I guess we could start with maybe the big three, Marty, right. Rick, and Craig. Well, I've said 
I've said it before. I don't, I don't remember where I say these things. So forgive me. So if you guys have heard this before, some of you are watching, um, uh, Craig Tester is, is the most sneaky, funny person I've ever met. He's the, he's the last guy you'd expect in a lot of ways to come down with the, with the big, bring the house down line, but he's, he does it. He's, he's like, he's this, he's a, you know, brilliant guy, uh, soft-spoken, very thoughtful, very unassuming. And yet, you know, he's, he's, he's a bad man. You know what I mean? Like he gets stuff done and he, he, you know, he's built a, a really successful business with Marty. He's nobody's fool, you know, and he, 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 and, and, to that end, he's super witty. He's just so funny. And and there's been times where literally we've gone like, did Craig just say that? You know, like dying laughing. Like we just don't expect it from him. Um, but after enough times, you do expect it from him. So mm -hmm. he's phenomenal. I just love him there. You know, I remember him. Um, he's a great dad to. Um, yeah, I remember going to the museum with him. We had, to, we had an hour drive or so to the Museum of Natural History. I think it was season three like my season three. And um, we just had an hour and a half, you know, it was an hour and change in the van together. And we just talked about life and fatherhood. And we all know what happened, that tragic situation yeah. with him. And um, boy, just the type of conversation you can only have with someone who's super comfortable in their own skin. Yeah. And um, just a beautiful moment. I'll never forget that. And And Rick and Marty have been so singularly wonderful to me. They have lobbied for me at every turn and i'm lucky that they haven't had to lobby in terms of like me keeping a job luckily everyone kind of likes what i do and the ratings are good and all that so that's good but if something comes up and i know this uh through from several sources if something comes up they'll be like well maddie what about maddie bring maddie like they, they don't have to do that they don't yeah. have to do that. awesome you know, and they're always tired when they have to do stuff. We're asking them to, hey, you're just in the field for 14 hours. You wanted to come do a two-hour sit-down with me? And they're just like, yep, okay. And they're sunburnt. And they're tired usually. Aww. And it's like, but they're just, what you see is what you get. They are everything that you think they are and more. And none of this is like, truly, I, let me just say one more thing. I'm blabbing. But Kevin Burns, who, who uh, you know, created this whole thing, the sh at least the show, um, I think one of his great genius, and, and you heard this in the Clotworthy interview um, that I did, is putting the right people together. Like we all truly do love each other. Like this is a, he, he gets the right people because we meet each other and we just click. So he must, I don't know what he sees, um, mm. but there is no, it's just, it's a love fest. So Gary Drayton and I have become like personal friends. You know what I mean? It's like we text each other. He'll probably text me while we're doing this at some point with some wacky uh, gif, you know? <laughs> So it's it's phenomenal. It's just been phenomenal. You know, we've kind of heard that from several people, and it really it shows on screen. It's it's a really unique situation. Um, yeah. So you actually you just let in with uh, Gary, maybe some Gary Jack stories. Yeah, Jack and Gary right? moments. Well, there's a really funny moment when um, <clears throat> this is kind of behind the scenes thing, like a when the. <laughs> Um, there was a time when Jack, uh, Gary and I were, I was metal detecting for a drilling down special and I hit, I got a hit, a good hit. And Gary was like, mate, you know, kind of like off camera. He's like, I think we got something here. And so we start digging, digging, digging. And, you know, cause he knows, he just knows when it's good. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. And, um, sure enough, we see this kind of barrel shaped thing and it, and it, it looks like it's got a sight mm -hmm. and, 
he goes, mate, this is a musket. You got a, this would be the first musket in Oak Island history. So we have to stop everything. Everything stopped <laughs> because now remember, we're doing a drilling down special. This is not the main show. Yeah. So we got to make a call to Kevin because this is the type of thing that you pray for on the main show, right? You make a big, huge historic discovery like this, like someone finds a musket and God yeah. bless Kevin Burns, man. This is, he's, this is what I'm talking about with these people. Nope. Maddie found it. Maddie found it. Let's go. You know, let's, let's, let's do this. Let's keep, cool. keep shooting. You know what I mean? Like, cause then it becomes like, well, do we, do we, do we say Maddie found this and then put it on the regular show? You know what I mean? Like, do we do it that way? Um, and get the guys down here that, which by all rights, they should do. Right. I mean, like get the guys down here, have them take over, say, you just say, Maddie found this thing. And now the team's going to take over. Like, nope, Matt, they, they let me have my moment. And <laughs> that was and, a fun moment too. I remember that. Yeah. Well, we pull it out. It's just a pipe. It's like a postmodern. It, it doesn't matter. It was fun. It was amazing. <laughs> well, the funny thing is Jack and Gary were just ragging on me the whole time after like they just, and they still call it to this day. They'll say like, Hey, Maddie's musket, you know, to rag on me. <laughs> so that type of like great behind the scenes fun. That's just, it's just awesome. Oh, yeah. We had a good time with that on the podcast. Cause we're like, Oh yeah, they're giving him a really hard time. <laughs> yeah. And they, they still do. That's good. Yeah, it's a it's a tradition with uh, Oak Island. It seems to call uh, to for people to get these objects and you know like we um, had uh, Billy's wall. Yep. You know we had yep. uh, Drayton's cross, or at least I still call it Drayton's cross. Yep. You know, and that now we have Maddie's musket. Maddie's it's right up there with the rest of them. I wish it had been, man. That would have been phenomenal. Yeah, that's cool. Hey, you know something? I just I want to um, uh, go back to Robert Clotworthy just for a moment. Um, because we talked to Laird a couple of weeks ago mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. he, he specifically said that if one person he would want to come out onto the Island to hang out and um, just get a feel of how it all is. He wants Robert, Robert Clotworthy on the Island. And man, that would be so cool to see him. Like, I don't know how do how a live with Robert. Oh yeah. It'd be so sweet. Like, play right? by play. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to happen. I mean, I, you know, yeah, it's, it, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. Some people maybe, maybe some people maybe don't want to see him. You know what I mean? Like maybe they don't want to see his face because I know that that's like a thing in radio too. Like the mystery of the voice. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think of a reason why. I don't. But when when you really think about it, when we watched Home Alone or not Home Alone, Home Improvement back in the nineties, oh. and there was Wilson there, I kind of always wanted Wilson to like peek over the fence yeah. and you know, yeah. right. get the yeah. whole full face you know I, I was the intrigue was always there but you know that made you want to watch the next episode I, well okay maybe maybe wilson wasn't like the primary like he thing wasn't the like the thing but it, it but, was always yeah. like you know it, it'd be fun if you put peeked over i don't know <laughs> yeah just peek over it probably was robert that was robert playing that part <laughs> <laughs> that's funny that's good stuff all right so what about the historians doug charles paul dan hensky um you have a lot of interaction with them yeah i mean uh Doug and Paul are so wonderful. Again, it's going to sound like a, a love fest, but it is like, they're just awesome people. And they're always Doug and Paul will like, I'll walk into the interpretive center and they'll, they'll just do like 10 minutes of compliments to me. I'm like, guys, thank you. But okay. Like, like, no, really what you're doing, you're bringing so much. I was like, they're so nice. They're so yeah. ridiculously kind, you know? And I'm just like, I, I don't know what I did to deserve this. And I return the fate. I return the favor. Cause like Doug, Doug Kroll crawling, underneath the book bindery. I loved it. I mean, you, t you know, talk about a guy you want on your side, you want on your team, like this guy. And by the way, that stone is ridiculously heavy, you know, and he <laughs> pretty much dragged it up by himself. So, um, 
it's it's he's just amazing a great example of, of research and an elbow grease combining you know to to give results and paul is so paul has you know paul's a little his family connection to the island is maybe a little underrated like this is a guy who's got a lot invested in this island because of the work of his father and um you know speaking of underrated i was going to say if, if if there's probably the most underrated member of the team right now maybe or or you know certainly one who isn't talked about a lot in terms of the lightning bolt of speed they've brought to the team and that's Laird Niven because when Laird came on board and and I don't know I don't know how much you guys as fans how much this comes through mm-hmm. but I can tell you from behind the scenes it is huge him being on the team makes things happen so much faster than it used to happen. And so when we look at a Gary Drayton, you set Gary loose with that metal detector. He's fine. He was always finding stuff like that fast, mm-hmm. but because Laird is there, it's not now, well, we got to write a thing and wait two weeks. Laird can literally show up and go, okay, yeah, dig to there. Like that, that right there, that sentence used to take a long time. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. That's so funny. when we talked to Laird, he said that Gary was like, not really a fan. St- standoffish at first, uh-huh. like, like, oh man, this is just gonna be another obstacle. But he said, nope, he won Gary over real quick, and just like you said, things are good. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Yeah, he's awesome. Laird's a super again, a, unassuming, quiet. Gary Drayton's not unassuming and quiet. No. Laird, Laird Niven is unassuming and quiet, and uh, like, you know, a little like Craig Tester in that way. But when you peel the onion layer off a little bit, it's like this great guy who loves hockey and he's super nice and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're just all wonderful. They really, truly are. I, I, they really are. That's cool. Yeah, we we love the guys. You know, I, it, it, the word fellowship is just what it is, right? You know. So, I mean, what else can you say? And then we have like some new people to the fellowship. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we have like Steve Guptill. Yep. We've got Scott Barlow's been a big yep. uh, presence on the show lately. Um, you know, it it's just cool to see the team continue to grow and yeah. to continue to um, get relevant experts to get things done and to get, and I, I don't know. Also when like uh, last year you went to Eagle Canada, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And that was so much fun to watch because you, we saw the, the uh, kid like wonder in your eyes, yeah. you know, oh. loving the stuff you're seeing on the screen. Oh my gosh, it's a ship. Okay. Is anybody going to say, it? you know, like, yeah, it's a like ship, come on, right? man, you know, just well, that, yeah, that man, put yourself in my position. Like, so w- w- we were supposed to just do what we always did. And, I set it up. I walk away. They do the episode on the results. And then all of a sudden they're like, stick around. And I'm like, I actually not only got to, I got to see results live. I got, I was in a real war room. You know what I mean? And and by the way, those are huge results. Rick, the entire time, there's a good inside the scenes one, uh, behind the scenes one, that, that entire day. So like, I, I think I was in Michigan for four or five days on that trip with, with the guys doing the whole thing. And, um, that day, though, when Eagle showed up, Rick had a grin on his face from the morning when we were getting coffee through the mid-morning pre-production meeting. Every he just kept looking at me, and I believe I believe I I believe that he knew with Kevin and Mark, they were going to have me. They're like, "You guys, you're going to stay right here and see this with us," you know. And how cool is that? You know what I mean? So he, you know, he just had this little smile on his face. Like he knew this is going to be really good. And he could yeah. tell from the Eagle guys, because the Eagle guys came in smiling, like, yeah. you just cool. knew there was something big. 
That's really cool. You know, what's funny about Rick. Um, so this season I do all of them, like um, we take notes during each episode so we can talk a about lot. it on the podcast. Yeah. And um, like, you know, predictive text like yeah. when you're typing out words. So when I, um, back funny. in the day, I would used to write out Rick and then it would, the, you know, the text that it would probably want me to do next is and, and then Marty. But after the season, like when I type in Rick now, it uh, just says giggles. Because like Rick has been kind of giddy all season, you know, he's yeah. Just, yeah. He just seems like he's so happy. And uh, I don't know if he's just content with the progress mm-hmm. or content with the team, or maybe it's just a combination of everything, but he seemed like he's having a real good season. And so was Marty. By yeah, the way. seriously. You know, so. I think that's a great observation. You're exactly right. Uh, I've, I haven't talked about this publicly, but I, I've talked to at length with, with my friends, you know, involved with the show and there is no doubt uh, uh, they had a spring in their step this year. And I think part of it is because they've finally started to accept that people are really interested in this thing. And, and I, and I, you know, they were reluctant stars. They did not, they're not TV guys. So it took a few years for them to, and I think they understand now the importance that this thing, how it's changed lives, how they've created an entire cottage industry called Oak Island. Now that's beyond even the show. It's huge. People are making their living off this thing. People are doing podcasts and, Rick, yeah. for, for, for three years, Rick would say to me, I, I, I'm not even kidding. Like, I, he would just go like, do people really want to watch us do this? You know, he just couldn't ex- believe it. Yeah. And I think part of it is he's accepted that. They've accepted it. They're having fun with it. Their kids are involved. Their nephews are involved. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is don't discount, you know, um, that, that Lyme disease threw Rick for a bit of a loop, you know, like that. I know he was sore for a while and lethargic and, and he would never show it. But, yeah. you know, I think towards the end of that season, he was really getting tired, uh, which makes sense. Lyme disease is a serious, serious thing. Yeah. And I think on the other side of all those symptoms, he, he felt the resurgence. So I think it was like a perfect storm of, of, yeah. of everything. And I yeah. think you're exactly right. I noticed it in our interviews and, Yes, they were. They were having. They're starting to enjoy the, the smell the roses a little bit. I think. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seemed like he really bounced back from that. You yeah. Know? So, <laughs> yeah, that was that was uh, when when that happened, the Lyme disease thing. That was pretty sad. Like, yeah, I was it was like, rough. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's pretty sad. But yeah, it's good to see he's bounced back and everything. You know, this whole like, year has felt just. Yeah, everything's felt good. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody seems to be in good spirits. You know, like I said, some of the things might be because of bringing on additional experts like mm-hmm. Steve Guptill. Yeah. You know? Like we had somebody in the chat saying, Guppy. Yeah. You see that? Yep. He's awesome. He's awesome. I met Steve. I, I, I love this guy. He gave me a beautiful hat and he's just, I, I should have worn it tonight for him. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's he's a brought guy. a lot too. Yeah. We had him on the podcast a couple yep. weeks ago. Um, Great. Yeah. He was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. So would you call these guys that are part of this Oak Island team? They're basically superheroes, right? Pretty much. Yeah, in the Oak Island world, there's no doubt. I mean, they 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 each have a role. There's like a remember when we were kids? Well, I'm older than you, I think, by a long shot. But um, <laughs> the, the super friends and they would meet at the Hall of Justice, you know, yeah. and, and plan their uh, superhero ways. Like the the war room is the Hall of Justice, and they each get their assignment and they go forth and they perform their superhero duties. No doubt. Yeah, yeah that's perfect because, um, you know, I think. Uh, uh, Robert Clotworthy brought it up on the podcast mm-hmm. that you did with him that, uh, oh, look at these cool uh, the trading uh, the cards. trading cards, right? So we're the trading card people, right? And oh, that's you. That's, that's us. us. And so uh. We've made them into Oak Island superheroes, right? 
So look at, look at, uh, I can, here, maybe can you take a couple of those out yeah. of the plastic? Because they kind of. I saw Alex. I saw that was Alex, right? A month. Yeah. And they're sent out to our patrons and those who purchase oh. them. So we do the art and the stories and. We'll, we'll have to send you some of these. Yeah, we'll definitely. Oh, yeah, please. Yeah, oh, those are great, you guys. Look at look at Paul. Oh, Paul's ripped. Right. What's his like? What's his thing like? What? what so on the back, there's all these. Um, their stats. Their stats and and a little story. So Paul Troutman says, uh, his powers are extreme enhanced strength, hand to hand combat, and uh, unarmed and deflection specialist, and enhanced super speed running combat and reading. Reading is important because he's a researcher, right? Big. His weakness is icy surfaces because. If he's that fast, he's just going to slip and slide all over the place. It's rough. And his story says, oh, so the first card is actually the money pit. And it has a long story on it about how they got their powers. The origination story. Yeah, the origin origin story. I don't know if you can see that, but the Ark of the Covenant is what they find. And they open it, and that gives them their powers, right? I love it. And so it says, after the Ark incident, Paul wasn't sure what happened. uh, So he got up and took off running. A moment later, he found himself standing in the middle of a sandy desert that later turned that later he learned was in Morocco. His speed is so fast that he was able to run at top speed across the water thousands of miles in an instant. Paul has trained relentlessly since that day to control his speed because on his way back, he ran straight through a a train engine that barely left a scratch on him. He decided to take up martial arts and just like everything else uh, uh, is in. Uh, is in his life, or just like everything else in his life, he picked it up super fast. Paul is now not only the head of research, uh, but also of security on Oak Island and basically everywhere else. But right. yeah, it's just funny stuff. Like, we got Billy here, you know. Oh, really? <laughs> wow. He's wearing his trademark green. Yeah, um, green and gold. Yeah. Green uh, and gold. Got Steve. And then Steve. Uh, don't these look cool? No, we, we, yeah, have- we talked to Vanessa. Oh, yeah, Vanessa. We got- yeah, we had Vanessa on our podcast a few weeks Love ago. Vanessa. Pretty awesome. Uh, I, I'm I'm just going to show you the restroom real quick. Yeah, about Rick, you know, look at that. Because this oh. month we have six more coming out. We do. Yeah, we do. So, yeah, we got some special ones this time. So you want to show uh, them the special ones? Yeah, let's see here. Let's see if she can. Yeah. So. So we're we're the crazy card people. Yeah. It, it more or less. So. So let's see. Wait. Oh no! <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so we got oh, that's fantastic. Special Maddie Blake. Card. That's right. Oh, so that's sure you knew you got included. So we wanted to well, bring it here today. I'm honored. I'm I'm absolutely honored. Uh this is this is better than getting a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame because it's Oak Island <laughs> related. So it's basically better, yeah. So. You know, more or less the same thing. What's my deal? Like, what's my? Uh, have you have you thought of it yet? Like, what my power is? You're still working well, on that. We've been thinking about it. We haven't written the back yet, but hey, why don't you tell me? Yeah, what's your superpower? So what are your superpowers, Maddie? Wow. No pressure. You know, um, Robert Clotworthy. I asked him, and he said his is. Um, he wants his power to be the power to believe. <laughs> yeah, that's a great one. Uh, I mean, you you can do better though. Yeah, but so like each of these <laughs> cards, each everybody has a um, a weakness. Well, they have yeah. a weakness, but they also have they have a, a pa- like a offensive power, a defensive power, and a okay. like a travel power. Okay. Yeah. I mean, probably my weakness, Oak Island, they would definitely be probably uh, <laughs> uh, 
over over earnestness. You know, I believe too quick sometimes. And Marty a couple times has stopped me, like, listen, <laughs> have to like so they'll find something. I'll be like, oh, that's definitely Templar related, you know. <laughs> always have to slow me down and go, hey, you know, let's let's kind of like what I was saying earlier, the best witnesses are those who look at all sides. And so that's taught me a lot. I've learned a lot from that. So maybe gullibility or whatever. I don't know what the word is. <laughs> The I'd fall into the traps of the villains e more easily, I guess. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's okay. We're, we're, we'll make a fun story on the back of your oh, card. Oh, they're always It all makes cool. sense. And, cool. You know, yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll be fun. So this is actually the debut of that card. Nobody's yes. seen it until just now. Well, I'm honored. I really am. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, well, we'll print it up and we'll get it sent out to you. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I look nice and slim, so I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a superhero. Yeah, I mean, naturally. Yeah. I can't have this gut. It's yeah. All right. Great. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no. So that was, that was, I, I'm just glad we got to show that to you live because right. that was a lot of fun. That's beautiful. I really, I, I, that, that is a lot of fun. Thank you guys. That's fun. Yeah. So um, let's see what other questions we have real quick here. I think we're kind of getting down to the nitty gritty. So thanks for all the time, by the way. Yeah. Seriously. Um, so, um, oh, I have a scenario question. Okay. Let's hear it. Okay. You get a call mm. from the big three. They say, Maddie, you're in charge of the island for the day. Everybody's at your beck and call. What do you do? Ooh. Right now, uh, I, you know, all right. So I would have said, if you had asked me this question going into this season, I absolutely would have said all hands on deck in the swamp, especially coming off that anomaly you know, that ship anomaly, I would have been, there's just no question. I want everyone in the swamp all day, every day until we figure out what is down there mm -hmm. right now. I'd bring it. And it's funny. I haven't been a money pit guy uh, for a while because I'm not so I'm like Rick. I'm not so into treasure as I am the story. And and I, I think it was of some, of, of something of more importance than treasure. I think it was something cultural or religious. I, I really do. I've come to believe that for a million reasons. So to answer your question, I would, I would, they are so close, it feels like right now, yeah. to whatever was down there. I would say all hands on deck in the money pit. I want to open up H8. I want to do this big, big <laughs> thing I'm talking about. That's that's what I would do. That's what we want to happen. Yes. Yeah, we just wanted to, I don't know. Big you know, dig. Be, you know what would be really cool is if they did the big dig. And uh, let's say they did it, I don't know. Let's go really big. Let's do 200 feet wide, 200 feet deep. And then they uh, were they uh, put some kind of um, I don't know like let's say they find the treasure let's say they don't I don't know but after it's all said and done maybe they shouldn't fill it in and make it some kind of additional attraction but you know what, like, like a swimming pool no 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 <laughs> just like something where you could go down in the money pit I don't know oh I got gotcha. you I got gotcha. you I got gotcha. you you could cement it off and have a spiral staircase that would be really neat. Or an elevator, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it'd be tough coming back up. Yeah. <laughs> you want to count those steps. If you're gonna do it, I want credit. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. Or you could have what Marty did to me one time, lower you down on a cat on yeah. an excavator. That'd be fun. I'd I do that. I'm sorry, I'd only trust Billy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Billy's good. Marty's gotten good over the years, though. He really has. Yeah, we see him. We see Billy often take Marty under his wing. You know, yeah. Yep. Give him a yep. little, give him a little instruction. Yeah, I. It's funny. I when I went to my, I went to cat training, um, to be able to operate one of those things. And the guy who trains you could lower a wine glass with the with the bucket without spilling any wine. He would do it as a kind of a show, you know, a display. Yeah. 
pretty amazing. That's yeah. impressive. I've seen like a video on I don't know YouTube or something where somebody can get a bottle top off of a, a bottle like with the squid scoop or something like that. Really? I think it was probably already loosened, but I mean it's still impressive to not knock over that bottle, you know? Right? Yeah, incredible. Yeah, those guys are artists with those things, you know? Yeah, for sure. All right, so mm-hmm. is that kind of all we got? Yeah, that's what yeah. I have. I would say. Do you have anything you would want, you know, guests or just oh. acorns to know? Maybe something they don't know about you or about the show or life. I, I don't know if you want to be a philosopher. But. <laughs> yeah, it's a great question. I, I would just say to maybe most people fit into where we fit into. They, you know, look, if they're watching this, they probably really love the show mm-hmm. um, and they probably are enjoying the journey. But mm-hmm. I would say that that's a, the entire concept of that, of the fact that we're watching a hunt, it's more about watching a hunt as opposed to watching them pull up a chest of treasure at this point. Um, that's a big metaphor for life in terms of enjoying the destination. If, if you're super focused on just what comes out of a chest, a treasure chest, you're going to miss so many beautiful moments. You're going to miss so many amazing things that happen all around you. And if you're too career focused, if you're too focused on goals, I've got these goals, I've got to achieve these goals. Meanwhile, you're missing your kids growing up around you. So for those of you who are, when are they going to find something? When are they going to find something? I would say maybe just take a breath mm-hmm. and enjoy this chronicling of a search. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's something that Deidre and I try to impress upon people because yeah, we, like we said at the beginning, at the top of the show, we're treasure hunters, right? Yes. We dig for buried treasure for some of these treasures that we go to, uh, go these treasure hunts we go on. And the most difficult thing is to like Finding find something a, a real X marks a spot and then dig down and actually find the thing you're looking for. Yes. It's incredibly hard. And um, it just like a lot of people just don't understand that, you know, they just right. think, Oh, dig a hole straight down. And if you don't find it, well, you were wrong or whatever. Exactly. That's not the way it is. It's so difficult. Like everything, like all the stars have to line up perfectly to fi- sometimes get to this, mm-hmm. you know, X marks a spot. The thing we dig for is like three feet deep. The thing you guys are digging for, could be over 200 feet deep. It's incredible. It's he, as Marty said, they could be missing it by the size of my end of my fingernail pinky, uh, you know, the pinky fingernail. It's so maddening. And that's um, true. You know, it, is. He's, it is. He's not even just saying that to like make a point of any, his okay. point is, yeah, they could have been literally a millimeter away or, you know, whatever it is. And, you know, they and, you know to think that like, and also if they do find something, when they find something. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Of, of, of great significance of, you know, the thing, the one thing, when they find the one thing, because all this team does is find stuff that's amazing. Right. Changes the needle of history and all that. But if they find that one thing that we all know what we're alluding to, um, People say, well, that you know, this is this is taking time uh, so that it can be a show. I promise you, because if they find something, then it's over. I promise you, if this team finds something of that much value and that much cultural significance, I could make five seasons of TV about that. I promise you that, at least. So this team wants to find something. It's not like no one's delaying anything. It's like what you see is what you get. It's just, as you said, this is hard work. If it was easy, everyone would do it. <laughs> exactly. We, I mean, we have a couple of phrases we throw back and forth quite often. You're off by an inch, you're off by a mile. Been made for that one a couple times, but it's also called treasure hunting, not treasure finding. Yeah. And you know, it, it is about it's about the journey. Mm-hmm. And 
I think about it and you, the solution channel. Okay, not only are you looking for something buried, it's moving. <laughs> a moving target um, underground. That's not fair. It's not that's fair. That's just rude. <laughs> it's not like, fair. Yeah, it's really so, far underground. Too. Yeah. As you said, not three feet. Yeah, no. so we were talking to Steve Gupto about that. Yeah. And like, so me just watching the show like a normal person i'm thinking okay so straight down they dig down yeah of course right. there's some water down there but i didn't think it was an active channel moving anything i just thought there was just like you know yeah basically a big pool of water that we literally laughed at the graphics moving the chapel vault yeah yeah and we're like whatever like for real for real but he's like no that's like that's yeah. like a thing. science yeah and, yeah. Wow. and i'm like for real, like that's just yeah. that's and Marty's coin. You know, look at Marty's coin, Marty's toonie. It's like you, you, you watch that moment, which by the way is a great moment in television oh, because you, you see Marty literally process on the air. You know, like wait a second, let me see that again. Like what a cool yeah. moment that is. You know, that was Gary Drain's like, hey, it's just a modern toonie. Yeah, yeah like, it's like, not a big deal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what's a modern toonie doing down two hundred feet anyway? <laughs> Ten away from where it started. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Mm -hmm. that was the best yep so that's some magical stuff uh i love it um yeah i don't know it's hard to dig underground it just is that's just the fact of the matter like dj and i uh we were on expedition unknown last year mm -hmm. and we were digging for a three foot deep box in mm -hmm. san francisco for this treasure hunt that's been around forever not as long as oak island but, <laughs> naturally <laughs> and we didn't find it but you know we could have been off literally by an inch you wow. know it's just wow. it's, it's crazy so you guys know firsthand. Yeah, it's good. Way good. too many firsthands. Yeah. Well, and then, uh, you know, it's funny. The week after our episode of Expedition Unknown aired, uh, Gary Drayton was on Expedition Unknown. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty, cool. pretty funny. Yeah. Happy family. Yeah, yeah. That, that was fun. Like, that was the, the first time we ever saw uh, Gary Drayton. He was on an Expedition Unknown episode from, like, I don't know, four or five years yeah. ago. Right. And he was uh, doing something with Josh Gates over He was in magnet England. fishing. Uh, that was the, that was the most recent one, but he was doing like some kind of dredging. Oh yeah, he back was. Back in, um, I don't know, it was like four or five years ago. But, and then when he showed up on Oak Island, we we're like, I know yeah, that I know guy. That guy. Where, where's that yeah. guy? Where's that? That's so funny. That pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. He, he's been a magical addition to the show. Let me tell you. He, he, he was a lightning bolt. You know, when, when he came on the Island, it just like the, the finds like that season, that fourth season, it was just like, we had a table full of finds. It's just like every day, cameramen were running out of the trailer to go to go grab what he was about to dig up you know it was like every day he's he's amazing that's pretty sweet yeah he's cool hey so the last thing i'm gonna ask is um when we were talking to steve we made like fantasy um amazing race teams you oh, ever see the amazing right. race i have seen it yes okay so we said um a fun team would probably be like gary and jack, jack. bigley that would yes. be a fun team to watch yes uh, but uh Steve, Steve yeah, is very he? confident that him and Scott would win it. Yeah, him and Scott wow. Barley. Yeah. So who would you choose to be on your team? Yeah, who's on your amazing <laughs> race team? He's like <laughs> no pressure. Yeah, no pressure. But you want to win. Yeah, you do want to win. Let me think of what it takes to win the amazing race. You gotta get a, you gotta travel, right? You gotta face right. obstacles. Yeah. Yep. Um you know, I, I, it's going to sound like uh, the most basic answer ever. And I, I hate to be hack as a, oh. I hate to be a cliche and be a hack, but how you can did. you not go with Rick and Marty? Because you know what they represent? They represent like they're both guys who get things done, but they yeah. do it in a different way. 
-hmm. right? So you're going to need times in the amazing race where things are just going to get need to be moved and it's going to take some brute force and everything. You got Rick, you know, Mm -hmm. and and just go. And then you're going to need some business acumen. You're going to need a little finessing. You're going to need a little of that skills. And and then Marty's going to come in. Um, Here's something about Rick and Marty that a lot of people don't know is that they, they seem very different in almost every measurable way. Their, their size, uh, Rick seems more reserved at first when you first meet. Like, uh, you could go on and on and on. Uh, the length of the hair, whatever. Uh, but they have way more in common in the things that matter, mm-hmm. important things. And those two guys who are, are – well, they are. Look what they're doing with Oak Island. They're an incredible team that just – they move heaven and earth, the two of them mm-hmm. together. So I just go with the GOATs. The OGs, if I was allowed Craig Tester as a third, I'd take him. But I think you know, with three people teams, is that the rule? No, it's it's two people on team. Maybe you could be on team with Craig Tester. There you okay. go. I would take him. I would take him in a second. There you go. Ooh, that could be an interesting. For me, I think I, you know, I'd probably take like Jack Bagley. I think because I just think right? he's like so enthusiastic. He'd just go and just try to knock out the world. You know. I don't yeah, know. but he. Yeah, he doesn't read the whole clue. Sometimes <laughs> you go too fast and yeah. you don't read the whole clue. Well, so. Yeah, I take I take Marty to win it. Yeah, I would take I I might well I'd have to pro- I'd probably have to take Gary because he'd never let me live it down if I didn't take him. <laughs> okay. Text me every two seconds saying how's Craig doing? I would have done better. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty good. Yeah. So um, I, yeah, I think that's kind of all I've got. Yeah, that's all I have. So yeah. I hey, guess I, we'll wrap it up. And- yeah, I just want to say thanks so much for your time, Maddie. This has been a lot of fun, like a lot of fun. So you guys are great. Um, listen, you got to know that the team really honestly does. Uh, again, I know this, we talk about it off the air, like they are blown away by people like you who are into this thing. Um, it keeps them going. These things like the playing cards, I promise you, they'll, we, you know, we'll be in trailers and in the war room between scenes, looking at these things, laughing, like they love stuff like this. So you guys are on all you fans who are watching and commenting. I'm telling you, it makes a difference when they know people are invested in this thing. It drives them. It really does. So keep it up and keep watching. And we thank you and we love you and stay safe, everybody. Awesome. Perfect. Well, thank you. I yeah. Think that's thank a you great so much. Way to end it. Yeah. So yeah. Have a good night, everybody. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for everything you guys. And thank you, Maddie. It's been a pleasure.